hope you all liked that, that song earlier, and I uh, appreciate the enthusiasm that Mike had. Uh, come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and giving praise. Now, think about that for a second. Now, excuse me. It's not just coming to my presence and don't have thanksgiving in your heart. It's coming to my presence with thanksgiving, as in you're really truly thankful when you come into the presence of God, whenever you come to church, whenever you come to worship with your, with your church family. Being, being able to step back and, and remember, like Mike said again, uh, that reason that we have for joy every day. When we do that, that's when we can truly start to understand how God empowers us over all of life's trials, how we're going to defeat them, how we're not going to let, it, let life's trials and tribulations slow us down. This time of year, we, we count our blessings. We think about all the things that we're thankful for. This time of year, for, for me, for sure, is whenever I start thinking about how many of you, like I mentioned earlier, how thankful I was for my church family. Because this, this week I've really been able to reflect a little bit in my own personal life and think about all the ones that have really ministered to the minister, who have been there for me, who have encouraged. And how much you mean to me. You know you are. I just can't tell you how much that, how important that is. And if it's important for me, it's certainly important for you. You've got people in your lives that have really been there for you, that have really encouraged you, that have, that have really shined that light. And someone that's done more than uh, just you've seen them come to church, which you better believe that's shining a light. That's a good, good point, Ever, very good point. I'm talking about even a step further, though. Those that have gone that extra mile for you, that have been there for you. See, God uses people sometimes to help us to overcome life's trials. He uses his word. He uses the faith that we have. He uses his spirit that lives within us. He uses many different things. Church family, for sure. But no matter what thing he used for you, the fact is he has empowered you. He has given you the power to make it through no matter what it is. As we go through this sermon today, as part of this series, I know that there's some of you out there that are hurting. I know that there's some of you out there that ha have, have struggled recently, uh, maybe because of family issues or health issues or health uh, in your family issues or you've lost a loved one. Maybe it's other things. The fact is, I promise you today that when you look to God, when you seek him and when you follow what he has given us, you will overcome whatever that trial may be. There's good times and there's bad times in life, y'all. Everybody knows that. God gives us that strength to maintain our faith through it all. But there's a key to it. There's a key to it to making sure that this is something that you're going to be able to do when that time comes. And that's preparation. Preparation is the key to success. Well, you can say that, sure. Preparation is the key to success when it comes to God empowering us over life's trials, over the trials of life. There's good times, there's bad times, like I said, uh, but there are things that we prepare for. Both good and bad, we prepare for. Think about it. Let me give you some examples. Uh, you prepare if you're have, having a baby, right? Uh, 
a grandbaby. You guys did a lot of preparation ahead of time, didn't you, Rob and Kim? Anybody that's having a baby, and you know there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. Uh, you don't just say, okay, we're going to have a baby, and then one day you have a baby and you bring them home. You've got to get a room ready. You've got to get stuff. That's why we have baby showers. The list goes on and on. Vacations might be something that you prepare for. Weddings. And really, the list can go on with good things. But what about some bad things? You've got to prepare for loss sometimes. And sometimes we find ourselves unprepared or negatives, or even your own health. And maybe you're like, well, maybe I should prepare for my health better. Maybe it's just watching what you eat. If you're eating your vegetables, aren't you not preparing to have health? you got to make sure. Uh, finances, big purchases you prepare for. Retirement. Really, you think about from the day one in your life, you've been preparing. Baby that's learning to crawl, who's going to learn to walk. School. you got to prepare for school if you're a kid, because school is actually preparation for adulthood. One of these days, you got to step up and you gotta, you got to be an adult. It's not always fun, but you have to do it. Or maybe your job or your family. And again, we talk about, as we talk about Thanksgiving a little bit, there's a lot of preparation involved there too, isn't there? I mean, I got I to gotta prepare my, my easy chair to sit in. I got to fluff up my pillow just right. I got to turn on the TV to football. I got to find the station. That's a lot of preparation. That's hard on me. And then i got to make sure I don't eat too much that morning where I can eat more that night. Yeah, not that hard on me, is it? But, but some of you are having family this week. Maybe you've been doing a lot of cleaning, preparing for that family to come. And that turkey doesn't cook itself, does it? That, that meal doesn't prepare itself. And it really, quite honestly, it's not easy. Uh, maybe to me it was. But if you're the one preparing the meal, you might not think so. So if we're preparing for all these things in our life, why aren't we also preparing spiritually? Why aren't we also doing whatever we can to prepare for life's trials by looking to God ahead of time? When bad things happen, we know. We, we seek God immediately. Folks, you know what? Here's a better plan. Let's make sure that we are preparing ourselves now, strengthening our faith now, so when that day comes, we can stand strong, we can stand firm. We're going to be in 1 Peter today, chapter 1. Here's verse 13. It says this, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Prepare your minds. But not just prepare your minds. It doesn't just stop there, does it? Prepare your minds for action. That's what it said. Prepare your mind for action. We have work to do. We've said that so many times, and that will never cease to be. There will always be more work to do. It also said to exercise, exercise self-control. Now, think about what that means, the ramifications of that. Self-control is something that you have got to be working on. You know, I might be able to get down right here on this stage right now and do 25 push-ups, maybe, maybe. But you know what? Maybe I need to start with 10 and then if I do 15 the next day, and then 20 the next day, and maybe 21 the next day, and so on and so forth. And then let's say I get to the point where I can do 25 push-ups every single day, no big deal. And some of you guys that are in shape are thinking, man, this guy's weak. Yes, I am, right? Uh, but maybe I'll do a 25. But then you know what? Maybe I'm thinking, I'm going to take uh, three or four months off. I'm not going to do any, any exercise whatsoever. And then I decide I'm going to do 25 push-ups again. Well, that might not be so easy after all, because I've taken time off. That's the same thing with our self-control. That's the same exact thing when, we, when we're talking about living that life, following that path of righteousness. 
We've got to continue to exercise that. And when we do continue to exercise, folks, here's the good news. You can do more than 25 push-ups. You can do more with your spiritual life. You can do more with your faith. But you've got to keep building it up. Be prepared for life. It happens. It's inevitable. Every single one of us is going to face so many trials and tribulations. Be prepared. Look to that hope. Look to that grace. The fact is, here's the good news. God empowers you to do these things. He, he's asking that we prepare for it. But he empowers us to do it. So let's look at these trials of life today. Two types you can see there in the outline of your bulletin. Two types of life trials. First, we'll look at verse 6 of 1 Peter. It says, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must, must endure many trials for a little while. Think about that. Must endure. These are the ones that are forced on us. These life's trials. Things that we must endure. Now, here's a list of things that I think that we must endure in life. Unfortunately, conflict is going to be something that at some point or another you're going to face. Uh, Loss. Definitely inevitable. We will all face loss in our life. And it's not easy. Change. Most certainly, things change. We know Jesus doesn't change. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that. But change in our world will happen. We must endure them. Defeat. Now, as good as you may be, there will be something that you lose at. Upbringing. How you grew up. That's not really something you're going to have a lot of choice in a lot of times. And maybe that's something you can say it's not even fair. No, it's not. But it's something that you must endure. Now let's think about that for a minute. That unfairness that we have in our lives with our upbringing. I can tell you right now, I was blessed. I grew up in a Christian home with a, with a preacher dad who was teaching me things in the ministry from a young age that I didn't even realize at the time. I was blessed by that. Man, how much easier was it on me? Now, we all have the same opportunity, don't we? We all have that same opportunity to come to church, to accept the Lord, to live for Him, to do our best to serve Him. But you know what? Sometimes that opportunity is presented differently. And I can tell you, my dad, his parents didn't go to church. He's still blessed because he had a grandma that prayed for him every day and took him whenever he would possibly come with him. That's how he got involved. But you know what? There's others who are generations deep of people who have not gone to church, who didn't know the Lord, people who didn't believe. Now, maybe we both have the same opportunity to accept him, but mine was a lot easier to grasp. Mine was a lot easier because of the way I was brought up. Maybe that's unfair. It is. But the fact is, that's where our responsibility becomes so much greater. Because of the blessings that we have. Count them. Count them. If you were brought up in church, thank your parents. Thank them. This might be an opportunity to do that this week. If you were brought up in a home that had Christian values, thank the people in your life. If your grandma was the one that brought you to church, even though mom and dad didn't, thank her if she's still around. Don't miss that opportunity. Take advantage of an opportunity that you have to someone else to have sympathy, to have empathy for them, and to tell them about the Lord. Well, what about those times when you were treated unfairly besides that? Has there ever been a time in your life where you were treated unfairly? 
Probably. And if not, you probably think so. Work, sports, family, recognition in in anything in life. Uh, The fact is, life's not fair. And we all know that it's not. But let's think about that time when you were treated unfairly or you thought you were. How did you handle it? Were you prepared spiritually for it? Did you let it get you down? Did you feel like the world was against you and just not treating you right? I got good news for you. God always loves you. God is always loving. God is love. God has gracious intentions for us. Always. Always. So even when the world treats you unfairly or you think it does, God won't. It's that same opportunity that we have through his son, Jesus. So yes, there are things in life that are forced on us that we must endure, but through God, through Christ, we can defeat them, and we will overcome them. But then there's those other types of trials as well. 1 Peter 1.14, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. And that's saying, of course, you do now. Now that you are obedient to God, you know now. Don't go back to that old way. Live obediently to him. And we think about our lives and those self-imposed things. Let's give another list of things that might apply here. Self-imposed might be your attitude. Remember, we got to be faithful and show our faith in action and attitude. Attitude is something that you should have control over. Uh, meanness. Temper. It's hard sometimes. But that's something that is self-imposed. Or being a grumbler. Uh, and you got to think... Uh, Think about Moses and the grumbling he had to deal with. But those Israelites, they had a choice. Self-imposed. Or being pessimistic, being a downer. Greedy, selfishness. Or maybe even something in your past. Has there been a negative in your life that people associate you with? Has there been something that you've done, self-imposed, that people have now labeled you with a past transgression, some sort of sin, a divorce. The list could go on and on. The fact is, these attitudes, these things that I just mentioned, and so many more in our lives are self-imposed. You know, the best way uh, to not become addicted to something is to not try it, not do it in the first place. Addiction isn't necessarily something that you wanted for yourself, but it's something that happened because of a choice that you made. And that could be addiction to so many sinful things. It was self-imposed. Maybe you need help now. The fact is, God will help you. He will empower you. And maybe that's through other people. Maybe that's through his word. But he will. So when we think about that self-imposed trial... We have to say this. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy, aren't we? And it's really easy to blame it on everybody else. But I think maybe it's one of those things that we really need to be able to do a little self-evaluation, take a selfie of our spiritual life, and say, you know what, I'm my own worst enemy. The devil can't make you do anything, folks. Sometimes we say that. The devil made me do it. He can't make you do anything. If, if he could, we, were, we would all be in big, big trouble. I can tell you that right now. He can't force you to do anything. 
He can put that temptation in front of you, but it's your choice. So we're our own worst enemies. Whatever that thing is, though, once you're able to admit it, let me ask you, are you prepared to face it? Are you ready to say, you know what, I'm going to defeat this, I'm going to correct it? Again, we have good news. God will empower you to do so. He will. Through Christ, we are, and we will win. See, God built us for victory. And folks, that's good news. Fly the W. We're the winners. We fly that W flag because we are winners through Jesus Christ. Not because we want ourselves. Absolutely not. But only through him. Because he's living in me. And allowing him to live in us, that's part of the preparation. Let's look at how he lives in us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. We're talking about a living hope. We are born again through Jesus Christ. That deserves an amen. There is no living hope without being born again. There is no eternal life without giving your life to Jesus. Again, part of the preparation. There might be injustice in your past. Maybe you feel like there's injustice in your life now. Here's good news, though. That's the past. If it's not, make it the past. Jesus knows you. He knows you. He knows you down to the number of hairs upon your head. Live that hope every day. Here's some other things that are good about this victory that we have in Jesus. Verse 4 says this. We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. That's an eternal inheritance. It never, ever, ever starts to diminish in any way, shape, or form. Think about that, because you know what that says to me? That says to me, uh, we're not going to get bored in heaven, ever. Now, you look at uh, pop culture that you're, you're talking about having little angel wings and a halo and just sitting there like this for eternity. Folks, that sounds a little bit boring at times. But Scripture says we're talking about something that doesn't decay. We're talking about being in the presence of God will never get old to us. No matter what that means for us, we can only imagine, like the song says, this internal inheritance, though. See, again, life may be unfair. Maybe you're not getting the recognition that you think you deserve. Uh, maybe no worldly success, at least in the eyes of the world. Um, but you know what? That eternal inheritance makes you richer than anything you can imagine. Think about the Old Testament prophets. I already mentioned Moses, but think about the rest of them. Weren't they unappreciated? Weren't they? You could go on with a list of these Old Testament prophets that, were know, that knew about a better day that was coming. And no matter how much they were persecuted, what did they do? They trusted God because they knew, they knew that God had better things in store for them. That good news is something we need to embrace. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 through 9. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. You rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Praise God for that. Embrace the target, folks. 
What's our target? Salvation. Salvation. What a reason to have joy that we have. That's called reaching our goal. Wow. We got to plan for that, though. We got to be prepared for it. I say, plan to spend eternal life in the joyful presence of God. How are we going to do that? We got to look to the Lord. Refuse to let the trials and tribulations defeat you. Embrace that target and live for Christ. And be confident in that salvation. Be confident in it. Because whenever we have that true confidence in that salvation, it's there. Now believe it and live it every day with confidence when we have it. That's what empowers us with joy. Always. In all circumstances. Now think about that for a second because we know what 1 Thessalonians 5 says. Be joyful always in verse 16. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And we've thought about that so often here. That's hard. All circumstances, Lord, really? Always? You want us to be joyful always, Lord? You mean through all the trials and tribulations in life, even when we're really angry or mad or been treated unfairly or want to blame other people for the things that we've self-imposed upon, uh, put on ourselves, whenever we are just aggravated and, and upset because of what the world has, has forced upon us, you want us to be joyful then and give thanks then? But with salvation and that confidence in that inheritance and that living hope in our heart, then we start to understand what being joyful always truly means. It doesn't mean you're happy when you have a loss. You're not. You're not. Even whenever you know that a loved one that you lost knew the Lord and is in a better place, it still hurts. God knew that. Jesus knew that. He sympathized with our weaknesses. He understood. Even through that, though, even if you're not happy about whatever situation, you still have joy in your heart. It's during those times of trials when someone might ask you, man, you're going through a lot right now. You've got a lot of things to be upset about, but you're still thankful. Why? And be ready to explain why. That's an open door for something and maybe for some, someone who doesn't understand that joy, maybe they didn't have that same opportunity you did when you were being raised in the church. We've got a reason for joy. Let's show it every day. And let's win it life through Christ. God empowers you to do these things. What's his cost? Well, before we look at what's his cost, what about what's our cost? What's it cost us to win it life? What's it cost you? Well, it's quite simple. Embrace the Lord. Embrace the target. Obey him. Believe in him. Confidence in that salvation. Follow Jesus. That's what he asks us to do. But what was his cost? The fact is, he had to pay a ransom. We were being held hostage by sin and by death. It wasn't money or stuff, and it wasn't precious jewels. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21. Verse 18 says this, You know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver. They lose their value. They diminish. They decay. See, it's through Christ's precious blood 
as it says here in 19 and 21. The precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Through Christ you have come to trust God. You've placed your faith in Him, your hope in Him, through Jesus, through His precious blood. We can't have that trust and hope and faith in God without it. See, we are victorious only because of the precious blood of Jesus. We're victorious over sin. We're victorious over the trials of life. We're victorious over death. We're, vi we're victorious over any trial and tribulation in life when we look to him. See, God's empowered us for joy, for love, for kindness, for victory. God's empowered us to embrace him. But we must accept him. We must. Folks, here's my request to you. Allow him to empower you today. I promise you, there won't be anything that you ever do that you'll be more thankful for. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you for empowering us to overcome life's trials, tribulations. Lord, thank you for being able to sympathize with the fact that, that we face these things. But Lord, help us to, to not blow these things out of proportion and instead to realize that the biggest trial that we face in life, we've already been victorious over through you. Lord, help us to embrace that target of salvation so that we can proudly show that we are winners through your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to be prepared to face these things every single day of our lives, which we can only do through you and your son. And that's why it's in his most awesome and precious name we now pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.